One of the themes that's come up and it's come up again today has been the theme of what John calls the world. Uh, and uh, the world uh, spoken about in Genesis 11 where the people want to build a name for themselves so they build a tower because they don't, they don't know who they are so they need to make a name. Um, and uh, in, in 1 John there's a reading that will be up here in a minute. Um, so anyway, as I've been thinking about it over the last months, I've actually written a song which I'll play to you. It's not a sort of a join-in song much, but you can listen. It's called Kudos World. Kudos is the, you've heard the word kudos used. It's actually the Greek word for fame, worldly glory. Mm. Anyway, we'll give it a go. Look at them all Trying to rebuild those ancient towers Surely they could reach the sky They'll never understand Just defend Protect my honor, all my worth, protect my pain. So entitled, glorious, visualize. i 
Um, today, as uh, continuing on in uh, Rob's theme from last week, we're actually talking about overcoming the world. Um, and so 1 John 5 verse 5 says this, Who is it that overcomes the world? Only him who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit's truth is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three are in agreement. Father, as we uh, again look at this subject this morning, I pray that you'll warm our hearts with your truth, that you'll speak to us. And Father, that as the world is uh, exposed in us, exposed around us, even exposed as it tries to uh, deceive the church, I pray that you would expose it, that we might stand in the overcoming victory that you've given us through Jesus Christ. And I pray this in his name. Amen. So, um, in 1 John, the world is, is, is talked about as a terrible foe which needs to be overcome. The world is not a harmless bit of fun. That's why I sometimes describe that. It's just a harmless bit of fun, isn't it? It's incredibly seductive in its ways. It is, it has at its heart self, towers, big achievements that everyone can see and particularly be impressed by because we need to make a name for ourselves. And, and making a name for ourselves or being glorified by what we do. Look at me. Human ability and greatness. And sometimes, as Christians, we can look at people in the world and go, they just seem to have it all. Lots of glory. But in reality, those lives uh, lived in the world are incredibly insecure because if you've got to build a name for yourself, you don't know who you are, do you? So our identity is what we do know through Christ and our identity is always found in Christ. Now the devil invented the world as a concept when he told the first couple, you will be like God. You will be equal to God. You can be God yourself. Why have one who's greater than you? It's interesting, uh, one of our daughters was telling us about a concept that uh, uh, she, she sees in people at university called manifesting. Yeah, manifesting. It's a new thing for us, but for us old people, maybe. But it's this thought that by speaking things and thinking things positive, you can bring them into existence. You can create stuff. We're not talking about Christian people here, although some Christians get caught up in that too. But by if you focus on something and think about something, you actually it manifests into reality from your mind. In other words, we're creators. We're creators like God, who alone is creator. The devil says you can be like God, and and what he says is the world. Or in, in a sense, what's created is the world is the factory which brings this seductive message, which makes it an achievable reality. 
seen, seen them like. Unfortunately, as people, we always, we always seem to gravitate towards the second-rate idols when we have everything in Christ, don't we? Christ is everything. He's all our fullness. And, and this world and, and individuals, it's, it's an insatiable desire. You can, you can never get to the top of it. You, the, the, you want more, you want more, you want more. And we, we end up with less. So, the world sings a tune about human glory without God. And we tap our feet and we sing along with that song. That's what the flesh is, we call the sinful nature. Which in a sense, we, we, we re-crucify the flesh every week, don't we? In fact, we do it daily. And that is as we overcome the world. We overcome the world by crucifying the flesh. The world is bringing these same self-centered teachings into the church. And it makes the church ultimately seem like the ultimate aim of Christianity is to glorify humanity into God's place. But this is not the end of the story because you see this overcoming, all who are born of God will overcome the world. The world will not overcome the church. So I'll just read again in verse 4, he said, uh, verse 4 and 5 of 1 John 5, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Believers will, in a sense, smother the world's power with the truth of Jesus Christ. And actually, this is not something, the, the problem of the world can't be described by the people because only Christians who, who are born of God can see it. The Spirit gives them understanding. And how do we overcome the world? It will only be by faith. Our faith. And that faith is in Jesus Christ. It's in Him. How, how can we overcome the, the world as it tries to work out in ourselves, as it tries to become this thing which glorifies me above all others? By reminding ourselves, actually, that Christ was crucified for our sinful nature. And if he was crucified for us, then everything that the world has stood for had to die. And so we overcome the world as we look to that act of Christ, which is walking by faith. But that faith is not a vague, I believe in something. You ask people, how do you say you believe in God? Which God's that? It is actually faith in Jesus Christ. It is faith in the Son of God. It's faith in Him and what He has done. Because in Him is the only victory that overcomes the world. Now, this is just a pointless fact that I thought it was fun when I was discovering Greek. Do you know what the Greek word for victory is? It's Nike. That's what they Nike is to have victory and to overcome so if you want to overcome in this world, this is just a little bit of product placement. You need Nike sandwiches, um, which are available in the foyer, um, in all sizes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And apart from that, there's no value at all to that comment. But anyway, to, unless to overcome the world, just do it. 
And uh, what, what, what are we talking about here we, with the water particularly? The blood we kind of get something about the death of Jesus and we understand the spirit. What, what is he talking about with the water? And most people actually, well, yeah, nearly all people agree. They think that the water is actually speaking about Jesus' baptism. Uh, what happened when Jesus was baptised? John, I'm reading from Matthew 3 now. I'm working with somebody who's but don't worry, that's okay. Jesus, John tried to deter this John the Baptist, Jesus saying, I need to be baptised by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so for now, for it's proper for us to do this, to fulfil all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. with him I am well pleased. Jesus in his baptism, it was the beginning of his ministry. It was thirty years old, which is actually coincidentally the age where a priest could become a priest. Um, he that's not coincidence, sorry. Yeah. And interestingly enough, he was kind of anointed by John the Baptist, who was son of the high priest, Zechariah. Um, so he was anointed for his ministry and he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and he said that in this what is happening now I'm fulfilling all righteousness Jesus lived perfectly and obediently all his life now we're going to jump back to 1 John in a minute but we've got to understand what this water of baptism means he was always obedient Jesus was the perfect man and God the Father delighted in Jesus' obedience. He delighted in his perfection. God was pleased with Jesus' righteousness. And so this event, this baptism of Jesus, this water, stands as an eternal witness to us of Jesus, the righteous man who lived the righteous life. And the blood... Well, that's the second witness. We understand the blood of the covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, we remember actually that uh, when Jesus died, they poked the spear into him and water and blood came out, didn't they? Um, the blood of Jesus that he needed to bear the punishment due to us stands as a constant witness to us as well. So, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. Now, that's Interesting, because we're, we're at Christmas time, and Christmas is the time where we see God becoming a human being and sharing in our humanity and, and, and in, in Jesus. And he, he grew up as a real man, and, and when, as, he was, as he grew, he grew in perfection. And so if we just have the water, if we just have the life of Christ and what happened to him, we, then we would have, and as, as, as many people say, Jesus is a great example, which he is, but he's not only an example. It's not only the righteous life he lived. We can't just have that. He says he came not just by water, but by water and blood. In other words, he came as the perfect man, but he also had to be, there was a necessity of his blood being shed. And it is the Spirit, part three, who testifies, because the Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And these three testify together. The 
spirit, the water, and the blood. The Holy Spirit is always interceding for us. He is always putting his thoughts in our heads. He is leading us. He is guiding us into all truth. He is teaching us about Jesus. He is teaching us about the Father. He is telling us, you have received righteousness from God. How righteous were you? Do you know that your life is lived in the full, obedient perfection of the life of Christ? He has given you that fullness of perfection. Okay? That has come to you from God. He, the Holy Spirit bears witness to the fact that we are fully forgiven by the blood. We are fully accepted. The Holy Spirit tells us this. As Jesus heard these words, this is my son in whom I delight, you can hear the words for yourself because of the water and the blood. You are my dear daughter, you are my dear son in whom I delight. I am well pleased with you. Can you really believe that God would say that to you? I delight in you. Okay. Romans 8, 14 says, Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you again a slave to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. You're adopted into his family. And we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So, and by him, that's by the Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit rises up in us and we call out to God, Dearest Father, and he looks down and says, I delight in you. I am well pleased in you. I'm, I'm pleased that you are my child. I'm pleased with you. You are mine. God gives these three constant witnesses. The life of Christ, the water, the death of Christ, the blood, and the Holy Spirit who bears witness to the truth of God, uh, of God the Son and God the Father. We, we have all of that and we remember Pentecost when God poured out His Spirit to give the true witness. And when you see uh, Peter, when he gets up and he's been filled with the Spirit, he bears witness to all this truth of Jesus Christ. So, we are the overcomers. <coughs> we are those who know the three witnesses. We know the Holy Spirit's always bearing witness. And so we are those who live in victory in the world. We live in victory over the devil, victory over the world, victory over our own flesh. We are those who always overcome by faith. Faith in what? It's faith in something particular. It's faith in these three things that God's given us that constantly bear witness. Now, to go back to the start of the passage, when he talks about overcome, he says, you have overcome, and then he says, and you are those who overcome. He uses two tenses. Uh, maybe not as clear in the English, but definitely there in the Greek. We are those who have overcome when we, we came to faith when we were born of God. And we are those who continue to overcome. And every day we need this. We need to know this and we need to hear it again. We have a perfect righteousness. We are delighted in. It came to us through the man Jesus Christ. We have a perfect forgiveness. It came through the blood of Jesus Christ. We can only 
live in freedom and we know that oh, it's always be covering things up. And we have the power to live in Christ by the Holy Spirit. We can walk with Him in our righteousness and forgiveness. So, in to finish off, what what can we do? I'd ask you to ask the Holy Spirit today. Renew those weaknesses in you that you'll be confident and assured and stand firm. Ask Him to refresh you in the truth. Ask the Holy Spirit to reapply the victory in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to restore the overcoming faith that we need because sometimes we get dulled, don't we? And and that's it. I'm going to pray. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would powerfully work in us today and that that, and then that powerful working would overflow into our week, definitely into our Christmas, that we would just be reminded there of your wonderful work as you joined us and become one with us as, as a perfect man. I pray that the Holy Spirit would renew your witness in our lives to your truth. I pray that you would refresh us in that truth, that you would renew us. Father, reapply that victory in our lives, that we would walk through this world with our, our heads lifted high, looking to you and knowing that we are overcomers in this world, that we recognise the world, that we wouldn't be deceived by the world, that we wouldn't love the world or anything else that we would love you. Father. I pray that the Holy Spirit restore in us an overcoming faith, a faith in your Son. And Father, that we would live in the knowledge that you delight in us and Father, that we would delight in you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing the song, Lord, I need you. Thank you.